Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, With Lori Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. You are listening to Something Something Broncos. This week we're brought to you by Sports Authority. Sports Authority, we used to be a thing and sell stuff. Um, a week from last Saturday, the Hall of Fame announcement came out. And we're current with the news on this podcast. Well, you know, you got to go with what's hot, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait, stop, stop the podcast. We have breaking news coming over the wire. It's actually the same wire that Columbus and Lindahl use. It's, I call it Twitter. They call it the wire. It's, it's all the same. Adam Schefter has announced Joe Flacco is going to be a Denver Bronco. No Bronco. way. <laughs> a mid-round pick, possibly a fourth, probably a fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens for elite quarterback, Joe Flacco. Elite, elite Joe Flacco. Are we excited? <sighs> Fireworks, anybody? This is a man who beat Peyton Manning at home and Tom Brady at home and won a Super Bowl MVP title. So, you know, <laughs> it's like 2012 all over again. That was a fun year. And, it, and maybe it'll end differently this time. Can we have Raheem Moore play for every team we face? <laughs> I would like that. Can we pull him out of the AAF? <clears throat> uh, more of that to come in later in the show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> can we pull Raheem Moore out of the AAF to play for whomever we play? Uh, I'll be honest. I... I'm not thrilled about Joe Flacco, but then I look at what we have. I look at, I survey the landscape and I'm like, okay, I need to take the emotion out of it because let's be honest, Joe Flacco, there is an emotional response to him because of, as Tim mentioned, 2012 and, and what happened there. Um, I think he's better than Keenum and I think that's good. Uh, I think that I can get on board. I'm not going to buy a jersey, but I think for the short term, I think it's a good move. 
I'm really trying to talk myself into this. I think it's a good move. And I think that we're going to be better off not having to watch Case Keenum miss his little eight yard out passes that he should have connected on. Um, what do you think, Lori? You're making a face. See, no, the, our audience can't see the face, but it there is a face, and Lori is going to explain it to you. What the face is? My, the, you know, the face was when you mentioned Case Keenum and his eight-yard passes because I was thinking, you know, what we won't have next year is Case Keenum missing Demarius Thomas at the five-yard line on a thirty-yard pass for a touchdown to win the game. Joe Flacco would make that pass. And DT would have been able to catch it, I feel sure of it. So I'm with you, actually. I feel like I can talk myself into it because it's at least better than what we've got. It's not going to cost us a lot more money. In fact, it'll be a savings if we get rid of Keenum, which by all accounts sounds like we'll either try to trade him. So hopefully somebody else pays for him and we pay for Flacco and... We buy ourselves another year where we can decide this year at the draft if we if we don't have the QB we want at number 10, then we know we've got Flacco. We wait a year and draft a, a quarterback next year. So it does feel like it's definitely a better situation, even though it's not a fabulous situation for 2019. Tim, what do you think? You're super excited. You're already got your Case Keenum jersey on right now, don't you? Oh, yeah. This is like what I would have felt like if uh, Mark Brunel had been signed in 2001, you know, to take the reins of the the great Broncos organization a few years after, you know, pulling my heart out of my chest and and taking a bite. And then instead, you got Steve Berline and his broken ass pinky. Yes. (laughs) That was gross. The good news, the good news here, and what fans should probably focus on, is that it only costs a fourth-round pick, from what it sounds like, and the contract situation for Flacco is literally the perfect bridge quarterback situation. Case Keenum's was not was a perfect bridge quarterback if he was going to last two years, and he was so bad, it's like, oh my God, we got to find another quarterback badge. So, but Joe Flacco has no dead money. Um, any in any of the next three years of, of his remaining contract, the Broncos have to pay him twenty million a year. But if they cut him, there's no financial. There's no guaranteed money that we'd owe him. Yeah, so there's you know that there's positives there. Twenty million is twenty million, but I'd rather pay twenty million for a quarterback that isn't good than pay, you know, ten million with a ten million dollar cap hit or dead money hit on a quarterback that sucks and you have to cut. So. Um, all things said, if if they're br- if they're looking to bridge to something better in 2020, I'm perfectly okay with this. It may end up in another disappointing eight and eight season or something like that, but it just feels like always really trying to bridge his way to a long, long term solution to quarter- the quarterback situation. And those things don't grow on trees. People are like, "Oh my God, how could you draft jo- or trade for Joe Flacco? He sucks." Who freaking else is there, buddy? <laughs> Get Teddy Bridgewater. I guess. I mean, he he is that he didn't a, he, he, knee, he had you know? one fewer Super Bowl ring and one fewer Super Bowl MVP. So he played one game in two years. So it's like that's a risk in itself, you know. And I he could know. get injured just standing there again. <laughs> like, oh gosh, she's getting a hot dog. This could be bad. Like. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. Um, well, okay, so here's the question. So if we do end up trading Case Keenum, where does he go? Don't care. Yeah, who cares? Well, I, we, hey, 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 whoa, whoa. The San Diego as media we, people, as as media professionals, I should say, uh, where we need to we need to guess because there's there's uh, the bragging. Giants. You think the Giants? Okay, Tim. Where do you think um, Benjamin Albright on Twitter noted that the I think friend of the show, Benjamin, friend Albright. of the show, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Arizona Cardinals uh, might be in play for his services mm -hmm. as well. That guy that coaches the Cardinals. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy who just said Josh was his guy. That guy thinks Case might be his guy. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of guys out there yeah. for some reason. Yeah. His guy in waiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Tampa because that's where quarterbacks seem to go to die. That's like where Jake Plummer's rights rest right now so with joe flacco moving to 5,280 feet in denver colorado what does this do to our draft prospects how does it affect the strategy going forward tim oh Lori. i mean a lot of people are talking about the fact that this doesn't change their john elway's potential pick of a qb likely drew lock at number 10 but mike cliss i mean uh mick cliss friend did, of the show right friend of the show not a friend of me but a friend of the show um <laughs> he he indicated in a tweet always not going qb look for something else but i actually i, I kind of think that's probably true i think john elway will definitely go best player available at number 10 and he'll stay at 10 rather than trade up now and if drew lock is there he'll that's probably a consideration but if drew lock isn't there or possibly between now and the draft he feels good about about flacco i think we'll likely go cornerback or maybe inside linebacker since that's a since it's a those are some really good strong first round draft picks. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, Lori's exactly right. I, I was looking at um, McClis's tweet. He kind of alluded to the fact that the Broncos can now take the best player available at number 10 and then still draft a QB in the mid rounds since they do need a young uh, quarterback to, to get in the mix uh, for the, that backup position. The big thing there is that if you look at Fangio's defenses in the past, he typically found ways to get very strong inside linebacker play. And if there's a couple of inside linebackers right around the number 10 spot, they might even be able to trade back and still get one of them. Um, if that's if that's the play there, then Joe Flacco would be the bridge to 2020 where, you know, if, if they do trade back from number 10 to, say, you know, 17, 18 or something like that and, and pick up some extra draft capital in 2020, it could give them enough wiggle room to, to make a big jump to to secure a quarterback of their future at that point. And that might be part of, you know, the long term plan. It's just the draft is a crapshoot no matter what. You, you, you might get a guy this year. You might get a guy next. You just, you just don't know. And with Joe Flacco, you kind of you can kind of be secure in knowing that if things don't go your way on draft day you at least got a, a fallback um you know and and joe flacco's a proven quarterback he's not gonna light it up but he's not a one-year wonder like case keenum was um joe flacco's had some down years but he's also had a lot of talent deficiencies uh, on offense in baltimore um so we'll, we'll just have to see i think i think the draft is gonna be a lot more fun now uh, i don't have to just sit there and go okay it's drew lock i gotta think about drew lock drew lock where's drew lock what he's doing i can just start thinking about what's best for the team and that's that's more exciting to me heading into april is options you know it, it felt like we were pigeonholed into garrett bowles we we're pigeonholed into paxton lynch and it just felt like that that kind of stuff doesn't work out and you know this puts the broncos in position to follow up their home run of a 2018 draft with another potential home run in the 2019 draft. And that's how you, that's how you build championship teams is you hit on every draft for multiple years in a row. I think you both are right. I think you both are absolutely right. I think it's good that, uh, that we don't have to mortgage the future uh, in this draft to go up and get whoever we want. Like now we, John Elway kind of in, in the flavor of what Laurie was saying, he can just, let the draft kind of come to him. And it's like, if there's a quarterback there, great, we'll take him. If not, like Tim said, we could just sit back and take the best player available and we'll get 
you know, that corner that we need or that inside linebacker or, or whomever, whomever fits the bill. Like we're no longer under the pressure to like, you have to get a quarterback now. And Which so, is where we were with Paxton Lynch. He definitely felt the pressure to get a quarterback and to move up to get a quarterback. And then you, you get that quarterback and it's that pressure that that guy, because you moved up in the first round to get him needs to be the starter now we don't have to do that. We have an option. And I think it's interesting. A lot of people on Twitter and in our chat room today were doing these comparisons of Flacco and Keenum. And the easy thing to do there is to look at the stats on paper. And, you know, you compare their passer rating and their completion percentage and all these things. You know, Keenum has this outlier year with the Minnesota Vikings where he had a great scheme and he had great weapons around him that I think really skew his overall time as an NFL quarterback. Whereas Flacco, you know, he's had more time and he's, he's average, but he's been consistently average there, consistently kind of above average. And that's an improvement. And I don't care who you are. Damn it. That's great. It should be an upgrade. It might be only a minor upgrade. But um, as a couple other people pointed out, his strengths will fit the scheme better than Keenum. So in that way, the upgrade might actually be a, a bigger improvement than we think, just by how the performance will turn out with the, the scheme around him. Well, and uh, I think we're going to upgrade our line with Munchak uh, at the helm. And I, I think that's going to be much improved, which is going to benefit. And it's not fair I mean, it's not fair to poor Case Keenum that it's like, uh, you're you're terrible. By the way, we're going to upgrade the line and <laughs> like, give Joe Flacco every chance to win that you didn't have, you know. And I'm sure Vance Joseph is is lurking in the background, like, damn it, you sons of bitches, like <laughs> <you know? laughs> Keenum and Trevor Simeon for my two years. Why could you do this to me? He's an eight and eight quarterback, and that's. And you that's know, better than we've had. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's take eight and eight and look towards the future and and see what else, you know, they can pull out. Like I, I don't know, eight and eight, Tim. How do you feel about eight and eight? If if the road leads to franchise quarterback, I don't really care. Get us a franchise guy for the next fifteen years, and that's that's going to make me pretty happy. You know, by training camp, though, we're all going to be 13 and three. Here we go. I mean, we talked ourselves into Case Keenum and we all knew better. We all knew better. And we're like, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. You know what I'm going to love again in training camp is when everyone starts talking about what a great leader Joe Flacco is, how the locker room needed a good leader. We need a quarterback who's a good leader. (laughs) I'm going to be like, fuck that. I'm so tired of hearing about a good leader. He's leader of men. Yeah. Gonna have that press conference where everybody's gathered around. He's gonna have on these like reflective shades. I've got my hand on the pulse of everything. I got this. I know what's happening. Yeah. And we'll all buy it. We'll be like, yes, yes. Thirteen and three. But okay, so unlikely, but possible. What if our defense was like tremendously good, like it was for him in 2012 uh, in in Baltimore? And he just has to like deal for us to another Super Bowl. Like, is that possible? Like, is that is that wishful thinking that he could deal for us? Please deal for us. It's good. it's an upgrade. It's fine. Let's just roll with it. Um, and we have better running backs, so yeah. I think another wide receiver is a good idea. And then you have two solid and one fabulous running back. I do think if we have if we can fill in some big pieces on defense to go back to being a really dominant defense get a, another linebacker and a cornerback, I think absolutely our defense can still be the the thing that carries us. I think we have a coach who wants that to happen anyway. So we just need a quarterback who's not going to screw up. And Case Keenum screwed up. He couldn't. He got interceptions and couldn't figure out how to not get sacked. It was a disaster. It, it was. It was a total disaster. So here's my question. If you look at the, the Baltimore Ravens of 2012, what may have killed poor Joe Flacco was Ray Rice getting uh, kicked out of the league for uh, knocking his girlfriend unconscious. Um, if he has a running game, 
does that mean that Joe Flacco could maybe have a renaissance to what he once was in, in, uh, during that Super Bowl run with the Ravens? Maybe. I mean, we won the Super Bowl with a, a broken down Peyton Manning. What we need is a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, you know, giving the ball away. And who can get first downs, for crying out loud. If you just move the ball down the field, if you don't give the ball away on turnovers, and you have a defense that can take the ball away, then generally you come out on top in that in the ratio. So I absolutely think Flacco can we can do well. I think we can even be better than 8-8. Eight and, eight. and that's kind of why Flacco actually gives us more freedom there. It allows us to use the draft and free agency to fill in other pieces and and really build the team rather than just trying to figure out what quarterback we're going to get. So final thoughts on this breaking news and into something something Broncos. Tim, do you have any, any last enduring thoughts? 13 and 3, baby. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, already. All right. We now rejoin Something Something Broncos already in progress. Thank you for listening. <laughs> it's the off season. What? What? what you, you want? You want me to broadcast live from the uh, Patriots uh, parade that, that they keep re-airing over and over and over again? Do they it's really? like. But okay, so Super Bowl aside, and how depressed we are with that whole uh, thing. Stupid um, scenario. I know it's like, come on, Rams, and like they just couldn't. They just couldn't do it. Like Broncos always scored more than three points, and they have some of the worst Super Bowls of all time. Exactly. That is true. So there you go. Sorry, Rams, you suck. You really let us down. Not only that, you let America down. Did. <laughs> Transfer to the AAF league. Yeah. <laughs> out of the NFL. Steve Spurrier, get out there, coach him up. Actually, Tim, I'm glad you brought that up. So, okay, more prescient than old Hall of Fame stuff. Let's let's go into the AAF. Uh, how do you feel about Christian Hackenberg? Do you think he's going to make it? <laughs> they they, they were shut out. Paxton Lynch. Memphis, well, Paxton, th- I said that in our chat room the other day, and I, I was like, okay, let's, let's, you know, poor Paxton Lynch, he can't make it. And, and then I was reminded that he, that Seattle signed him. The Seahawks are one snap away from starting Paxton Lynch in a game. <laughs> I was Paxton, I'd be like, you know, I'm probably not going to make the roster anyway, so I'll go start for the Memphis what are they, Bulldogs? What I don't know. I don't know. One of the teams is the Hot Shots, which I was I was like, that's really the best you guys could do is like Hot Shots. <laughs> here, I got the team. I got the team's names here. Where the the Hot Shots take on the Whippersnappers, or like, <laughs> 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 like, like the Whippersnappers. Uh, Salt Lake Stallions, Orlando Apollos. See, okay, now that, okay, I have a comment on that one. Orlando Apollos. There is only one Apollo, and so to make it the Apollos, like, that's like Apollo God and Apollo the Theater, and I can't think of any other Apollos. Yes, that's weird. Atlanta Legends, Birmingham Iron. See, they should have been Irons, because that makes as much sense as Apollos, right? Well, Um, yeah, right? Like, Iron iron isn't plural on its own. Black and Decker iron. It's just like an iron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boom setting. Watch out, the fourth quarter. It's the steam setting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's poor. See, all these names are terrible. They're all really poorly thought out. Yeah. There's one in Dallas, too, isn't there, Tim? Um, well, we got the Memphis Express. They were shut out by the Iron, twenty-six to nothing. Yikes! Well, you can't mess with the, the Salt Iron Lake one. Is a good name, Salt Lake Stallions. That's... Yeah, that's the best one probably. Except maybe, who are these guys? The San Antonio Commanders. That's kind of dumb. That's dumb. And then the San Diego Fleet. That's that's Fleet. that's my hometown. San Diego Fleet. Go Fleet. Go Fleet. So is it a developmental league? That, I mean, are they hoping to be a developmental league for the NFL? Or are they trying to compete with the NFL somehow? They are a 
kind of like pet project. Like Bill Polian is involved and um, uh, Dick Ebersol's son, like, I, I don't know, Randy. Like, we'll call him Randy. He is also like super involved in this. And um, I think it's very interesting that Dick Ebersol is very involved in, uh, is the executive producer of, of, uh, of uh, Sunday Night Football on NBC. And yet uh, Ebersol Jr. Uh, has it on CBS. So it's, you know, there's no NBC uh, uh, bleed over there, which I thought was kind of interesting. But uh, there are also, oh, and I guess Jeff Fisher is also involved. Which, oh my gosh. Which, is their motto seven and nine bullshit? Is that gonna be yeah, in the league? Yeah. AAF yeah. Or uh, seven and nine bullshit. Well yeah, Heinz Ward is the head of football development. Troy Palamalu is the head of player relations. So they got some big names. Raheem Moore is uh he's constantly doing that tip drill. Just doing it <laughs> over and over again. He's like, I got this. No, bless you. So you, so I didn't know about it either until um, the day after. I was on Twitter and it was like, and I saw this poor guy just get completely concussed and his helmet flies off. <laughs> like, oh man, that's what football used to be. Like, I, I could be interested. And then I tuned in on the Saturday uh, and I watched maybe the first quarter and it was like, they were really trying. They were really trying to hype it up. I, I saw a uh, Silver Silga, Silver Silga. See, you remember Silver Silga? No. Former Denver Bronco, uh, probably possibly practice no tackle. And they were they were talking him up. They're like, oh, you know, he has a Super Bowl ring, and I'm like, oh, he got it with us. Good old Silver <laughs> Silga. I want to see Tim Tebow return to football. Right. Beautiful. Like get him out there. They wanted to play tight end. <laughs> <laughs> the the old the old Christian Hackenberg to Tebow connection. I don't think we're ever going to see that. Mostly because Hackenberg can't throw a football. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's really Tim Tebow without the legs or the charisma or the, the <laughs> or anything. Uh, Tim, are you pl- how is Apex Legends going? I, are you, you're not allowed to play while we record the podcast. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> so real quick, just because we have to touch on it, because we didn't touch on it, and we were so impassioned in the, the Mile High Report Slack chat room. Um, Champ Bailey and Pat Bolin are going into the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater, unfortunately, is going to have to wait yet another year. Now that we've had some time to think about it, what are your thoughts, Tim? Bum, Steve Atwater didn't get in, but I'm looking at the the landscape of uh, Broncos in the Hall of Fame now, and I just I feel like we're probably Steve Atwater and Randy Gratishar away from me not having any more rage towards Broncos being excluded. We're close. It's starting to feel like about damn time, you know? Well, those are the two. I think if we got those two, then I, I too would be um, we'll always want less more, salty but... and less like irritated with life in general but it's 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 been so long that like it's kind of a cornerstone of being a broncos fan it's like it's like well they hate us we ain't got representation we got that you know but like we're slowly actually getting them in it's hard to let go of that it yeah it's like it's like tom nalen better get his due or i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna be screaming and jason elam I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, no. For now, let's just focus on Atwater and Gratishar. Uh, Lori, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was excited about Pat Bullen and Champ Bailey, but I kind of felt like if those two hadn't gotten in, I was like, oh, good. They did what they should have done, and that's great. It's great for Pat Bullen, and it's great for his family. It's great for the Broncos. But it really felt a little anticlimactic because he – Pat Bolin really should have been in the Hall of Fame two years ago. Champ Bailey, that was awesome. It was a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's what he deserved to be. It was a little dicey there, I guess, for a while that possibly Ty Law could have edged him out, but as it turned out, they they both got in. So that was great. I was definitely disappointed that we didn't have Steve Atwater in there. I didn't think it was very likely that he'd get in, but I was feeling like 
if they're if this Hall of Fame committee is going to do the right thing, they they can't be trying to look at certain numbers and try and make this work for the numbers. They need to just look at which players deserve to go in. And I feel like even if you line up Steve Atwater and Ty Law, Atwater should have gone in. His resume stacked up better than Ty Law's resume. So I thought it it turned out the way I expected, but that doesn't mean I'm any less pissed off at the Hall of Fame for not you know for those voters for not treating this process the way they're supposed to and picking players because of what they've actually done and because they've actually looked at the resume rather than looking at what team they came from or just because they know that player or they'd already made up their mind before they got to the vote. Ty Law is why I feel Jeff Legwald needs to step the freak down. Um, you look at oh, the, only reason, the only reason <laughs> Ty Law got in is because the the, the guy that presented him was he he convinced me ty law was hall of fame worthy and i don't even like the freaking patriots okay and then you get to steve atwater and jeff legwald's like just oh he's so dead inside steve atwater is already a hall of famer and then to see though all the media people locally just (laughs) circle the wagons and protect him and you know like oh he does great things he got floyd little in he's like you know what i think the fans Floyd Lillian, they they just hounded the senior committee all year leading up to that senior committee vote. I was part of that, and I just got frustrated. I mean, I'm sure he's a good guy, but it's like, you know, you can keep covering the Broncos, keep doing your thing, but, you know, give up the reins. It's not good. It's it's not good. And the, the fact that they showed the presentations for the first time this year on Twitter. I mean, it was like, you see it and you're like, this is Steve's moment. This is, this is when it's all going to happen. And you see it and you're like, Oh my God, that's it. That's all that like, like I cannot believe that. Like, I mean, granted it was only a small part, but like show some, show some passion, show some conviction, show some interest. Steve deserved a lot better than this. I mean, I'm not asking for a Brian Dawkins, like, pump-up, you know, pregame pump-up speech, but at the same time, I want something with a pulse. And if I – poor Jeff. I'm Like, how do you look Steve in the, in the eye after after having that video leaked and be like, I, I did all I could? It's No, you didn't. Like, it's it's not true. And and then, like Tim said, to have all the, all the media come and rally around Jeff – Legwald. I mean, even even the pub, public relations guy for the Broncos. I won't mention him because you know, Patrick. He's like, oh, he did a tremendous job, a terrific job, a great job, and it's just like we all saw the video, guy. Like, it, 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 to to criticize him is not to, to to belittle the man. It's to belittle you know his obligation to to the 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 service that he provides for the franchise and for the fans. If you're not performing you shouldn't be in that role and 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 if you are in that role by all means you deserve to get criticized when you are ineffective at that role i mean the the buffet at the hall of fame selection committee i mean that comes at a cost like you have to do your job for the fans of the franchise you can't just show up and phone it in like he did like it's terrible like I think Pat Bolin and Champ Bailey got in in spite of Jeff Ledwell's presentation. Actually, Jim Trotter did Pat Bolin, and he also did Terrell Davis. So really, the real winner on the Hall of Fame committee for the Broncos is Jim Trotter. That's my point about the process. The fact that it comes down to those speeches, because these reporters are not actually, I don't think they're doing a lot of homework Uh, looking at all 15 candidates and really looking objectively at those resumes. Otherwise, I don't think we have an issue with Steve Atwater. But the the fact that it's going to come down to the reporter who happens to be in your region, who happens to be on the Hall of Fame committee, and he's the one that's presenting, you're just, it's left to whatever talent that guy has. And I think... I agree. The local media rallied around Jeff Legwald because he's a great reporter. He's been a good reporter for the Broncos. He's been a solid journalist for ESPN for a long time, and he's a good guy. 
but you're right, Jess. His presentation was terrible. And the fact that it was going to rely on him inspiring these reporters to see that Steve Atwater deserves this. It's going to take a really impassioned speech to prove to them that this guy deserves it now. And they, the three of us should be in that freaking room for crying out loud. We put together a series of articles for 27 goddamn days and you, we were pushing Steve Atwater far more than anybody else. For 27 articles and 27 days of Steve Atwater coverage, we never once had an article entitled Steve Atwater, he played defense and was a saint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's two articles. We could have had two days. Like, <laughs> like, like, what, like, how does that enter into like the argument to, to present that to all those people? Like, no wonder they were bored to tears. They're like, yeah, no shit. He's, we, we heard about him. Part of his speech was, you know, safeties have had a hard time getting in the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater was a safety. I mean, like, he almost made the argument against Steve Atwater rather than actually trying to promote him. Let's get to the good news. Despite all that, despite almost having Champ Bailey get pushed out by Ty Law, (laughs) there was a lot of movement and a lot of traction from a lot of the voters themselves who said that Steve Atwater's time is near. So... The good news is it feels a lot like how it felt with uh, uh, Pat Bowen, um, I think Shannon Sharp too. You kind of you you kind of got a little bit of a hint that their time was coming in the year or the year two years prior to their actual voting in. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I think Steve Atwater is going to get in within the next year or two. I think Steve Atwater's time is coming. It just pisses me off that they feel like. Well, your time is coming. You're going to get in, so don't worry about it. Like, no, that's not the way this works. If you deserve to go in, right now you should go in. And I think it's dumb that they have a cap on how many people they'll put in that year. I think it's dumb that they use the the speech as such a big part of it. You should be able to choose who's going to speak for you if that's going to be such a major deal. Right. Well, all right, so I have I have a solution. I, I bring I bring to the table solutions. Um, instead of Jeff Lugwald up there with you know he's he left his flonase in the hotel room. He, uh, uh. No, what you do because the the NFL has thrived on television and everything that they have done with television has blown up. Like the NFL honors and they're going to have the combine on network TV this year for the first time. There are all sorts of things that they do to make the NFL more TV friendly. I've got it. So what you do, NFL Films has this together. You just give them a production team, and you, you the player meets with the production team, and they just edit down all the highlights of their career with whatever accolades they got, with whatever they did in the community, whatever whatever they want. They can put together whatever they want to make the most compelling argument for them to go into the Hall of Fame. So rather, instead of having... Uh, Jeff Legwald up there or, or uh, Michael Clayton, you know, droning on over over the eighth cup of coffee that no one wants to drink. You just you just have this show and it's like, here are the presentations like, boom. And, and they and, should and, show and, those on network TV. Yes. Who doesn't yes, want to like, see a highlight film? Everyone would want to watch it. It's programming for the Super Bowl weekend. But yeah, it's a television medium. It's a television sport. Let them let them put together the most compelling argument for themselves with with whatever tools they need. And then have them be interviewed, too, because hearing from the players why they think they deserve it would be awesome. Yeah. Just like you have eight minutes. Go. Whatever you want. Eight minutes. You can talk about your little league. You can talk about Pop Warner. You can talk about whatever. You can talk about your dad, you you know, your cat, whatever. Or you could show highlights if you just like lighten fools up. Like and, and then and interviews with other players like about why you should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, let them make the case for you. And, you know, instead of these guys that just roll in for the buffet and, and you know, and leave eight hours later and they're like, well, shit, dude, I've tried. I can't wait till next year. I think we're going to have a carving table. Carving table next year, right? Yep. Peter King. That's my idea. All right. So uh, the combine is coming up. Uh, Kyler Murray has declared for uh, the NFL um, eloquent speaker that he is. 
Uh, I really, I don't have anything to say about the combine other than my, it's like one of the only things that my wife will watch with me because she's very into the Olympics and she's like, it's very much like the Olympics. They just run and go and they're in their little shorts. And, uh, and so I'll watch that with my wife and I won't know anybody. Uh, and the draft will come and I'll be like, I, I think I saw them in the combine. I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of, do you watch the combine, uh, uh, Lori? No, no, not on TV. I, I will catch some of the tweets that highlight the, the amazing things when somebody runs a 3-5-40 or I like to watch Rich Eisen run his 40-yard dash. Yeah, that's I'm, the highlight. I'm sure, teasing. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty fast. That's oh, I know. Things. It's ridiculous. You could not yeah. run that. It's like four two four one is the fastest, right? You could do it if I was working the clock because I'm not that good. Yeah, because you forgot to start it. Until halfway. Like, <laughs> uh, three, five. more Volku with the fastest combine 40 ever. In heels. In heels. <laughs> That's right. Well, Tim, will you be watching the combine? Are you are you a combine honk? No, I just feel like all this for the next, all the draft stuff is just so, everybody overanalyzes every little aspect, every little detail. Um so I'll wait till the people that watch this every year and, and spend countless hours studying every little fraction of a measurement a stat or whatever, and then read their analysis and then kind of try to form an opinion based on, you know, what they're saying. Because frankly, it's, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to pay attention to. And all you could have two guys that have the same exact combine measurements side by side one ends up being a hall of famer the other a first round bust so it's like i don't know i think the combine is stupid to be honest i don't think it measures anything that's really important for how well these guys are going to do in the nfl so i know that it's become an event and taking they have to do some of these things anyway so they've just made it an event for the public because the public's so starved for football at that time that they'll watch anything. And like your wife, you know, the Olympic part of it, the contest part of it's interesting. But in terms of how well these guys are going to do because they can run the 40 fast or how high they can jump, to be in the NFL, you're going to have to do some of those things anyway. But what's far more important is that can you run that fast with the ball and getting hit and still moving forward? Or can you jump that high and catch a damn ball? That's what they need to play the game. I wish they would do more senior bowl type events and let more players, let more of these college players actually play football and watch them spend a week trying to have to implement an offense, you know, after a few days and work with coaches and work with other players and, and watch how they, how they develop chemistry with people quickly and how they, how well they kind of process the information for an offense. Like that is far more telling, I think of how well they'll do in the NFL than how high they can jump and how fast they can run. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck the combine. So there. No more. Yes. No, I, yes. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I'll watch a little, but it's, it, like they need to run the combine immediately after the draft so that you can watch it knowing who's who, like who went where, like, cause at this point it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. I mean, and, and I'll be honest, like I love logging into our Slack chat for mile high report and seeing every day, every day, like definitively, like we are sure that we are going to take this guy and it is February. It is early yeah. February and, yeah. like, and it changes. Day to day, and it's just like, oh my god, this guy. We need this guy. Like, you know, it's just like, and the combine hasn't even come. Pro days haven't even started. Like, they're still in school. Like, it's not. This is, you know, it's too early. But and you know, I mean, God bless them for, for investing all that energy. And and then and then, what's even more remarkable is that they have all this knowledge going up to. Um, the, and I'm speaking in particular about our friends, uh, Christopher Hart and Scotty Payne, of course. Uh, <laughs> what, what happens to all this knowledge the second the draft is over? Like, it's just like, it's suddenly it's, it's like junk. Like, what do they do with it? Like, they've spent all this time learning 
all these players and a fraction of them are going to make it in the NFL and they have all this knowledge. I and just don't know. Even what smaller doing. fraction are going to be on our team and we're going to care about them. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's just like, damn. So I've got something fun for us. I've got something fun for us. So right now we're in the, uh, the doldrums of uh, the off season. And so I was like, let's play a game. It's, it's what was happening this time in years previous in Broncos country. So we're going to alternate. Well, I, I, I picked four years here. We may not get to all four, but uh, I'll start with Tim. Tim, last year at this time, what was the talk in Broncos country according to milehighreport.com? Oh, I know what it was. I would bet we were still kind of talking about the Senior Bowl week and how Vance Joseph and the coaching staff got to see all those players up close, you know, doing an analysis on, on the stuff that the players and stuff that, that the team met with and, and that kind of thing. We might have been talking but about Baker Mayfield and it might have Josh been Allen and Sam Darnold and all the, the top quarterbacks and whether we were going to get one of them or whether we'd trade I bet we were talking about whether we'd trade for Baker Mayfield. I think I just remember. I think I, I think I know what it is. Were we still raging over Pat Bowen's exclusion to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were not. We were not. Okay. Uh, this week, 2018, I didn't have to dig too far because as Mile High Report has aged, the coverage has gotten better. Um, and so last year at this time, there was talk about trading Emmanuel Sanders. And a rumor dropped, and I, I, I don't know if this rumor ever got substantiated, but Case Keenum was rumored to be of interest by the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot we were considering Case and Kirk Cousins, right? You look at the comments on these articles, and you're like, Case Keenum, no way. That's crazy. No. Kirk Cousins? <laughs> like, you want Kirk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, got... Sounds like we were right. Yeah. <laughs> Half right. Exactly. Half right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it was quarterback. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's go to happier times. Uh, 2015. What was happening, right, during this month? I had to kind of branch out a little bit. It's not just this week, it's this month. Super Bowl year. 2015, Tim, we were talking about whether Peyton Manning was coming back or not. That is exactly right. You get a point. <laughs> she she wrote the post. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scotty wrote most of those. I was angry over all of them because we they were all rumors. He's coming back. Vicious. He's not coming back. The Broncos aren't going to ask him back. He wants to be traded to the Cowboys or something. Some dumb shit. We take know. a pay cut. Yeah. Other earth-shattering news item from MileHighReport.com. In 2015? It was before the Super Bowl year. So so you have to kind of go back a little bit. It's not it's not after the Super Bowl. It's before the Super Bowl. Was it was it the free was that the year we got all the good free agents? No, the, we only got Darian Stewart that year. We had gotten uh DeMarcus we got Worthy all, it was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Was it was it like a salacious rumor or was it football related? It was salaciously delicious, kind of like. <laughs> was like, it Manning and HGH? No, no. no. Was it the Manning mooning incident? It actually has nothing to do with Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. That's ironic. Yeah. Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller's contract. He got that in um, twenty sixteen. There was there there's a, a lot of talk about Von Miller, but not that. I will tell you what it is. It is Julius Thomas's mom, dad, his dad. dad. I, well, it was his parents. They wrote it together. She proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> she did. And she did a terrible no, job. it was not. It was very clearly not proofread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely but 
sorry, it was Von Miller's mom, Julius Thomas's dad. And, right. and so that whole thing. So Lori, do you remember what happened? I, you, you were there to bring us, bring it into focus. Yeah. In February of 2015. We were speculating and talking about how J Julius Thomas was, uh, was weak, right? Was he was kind of wimpy. He was always hurt. Yeah, he had an issue. Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't going to be worth the money that he was asking. And his dad under some alias name, like JT's dad was <laughs> was bashing Mile High Report and all of the all of the the writers and all the commenters that his son was you know the best tight end and Peyton Manning was nothing. Remember he made Peyton Manning not the other way around. And he needs to go to the Raiders. Remember it was all about the Raiders oh, this yeah. and the Raiders that. He's gonna go play for the Raiders and the Raiders. Awesome. And then he went to the Jaguars <laughs> and broke his thumb like the first week of training camp. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it kind of went downhill from there. And oh. and that was it for all. Uh, he went to Dolphins after that, didn't he? Didn't yep. he play for Adam Gase and yep. an equally impressive run there? So I guess I guess we know who was right and who was wrong. Is <laughs> right. Julius and Thomas's dad and mom, maybe his mom, but his dad for sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to skip 2012. 2012. Uh, that is, that's the year we got uh, Peyton Manning. There was, it's all quiet in February before all hell broke loose with, uh, ah, with the, the new Manning uh becoming a free agent and all that. Like, if, it's funny. If you look at the number of posts, uh, there there was like 160 posts in February because February is kind of an off month for us. And then you look at March and it's like 360. So yeah. clearly something happened and and the, the brain trust in charge of Mile High Report at the time uh, got very excited and it was very prolific. And Tim was um, anti-Peyton Manning pro- Tim Tebow. Tim was banned from Mile High Report. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so, All of 2012, I was banned. Really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right, the mystery question. Let's do it. What is your favorite piece <laughs> of Broncos memorabilia that you own? Ooh. Oh, I got a good one. I own the left cleat of John Mobley. What happened to the right one? Well, I have no idea. But <laughs> I didn't get it. But a, a Mile High Report reader, when I first joined Mile High Report, and, you know, we did these little bios. In my bio, I mentioned the fact that I had a favorite dog named Mobley, who I got her right after Super Bowl Thirty Two. And I was trying to think of a good name, and it's a girl, and I thought Elway just didn't work with a girl dog. And I was thinking of TD, but I'm like, everybody's going to be naming their dogs TD, so I can't name her TD. And I was like, Mobley! John Mobley saved that game. That's the perfect name. So anyway, I had talked about my dog, Mobley. And so one of the readers, he's up in the Northwest, he contacted me. He had... John Mobley had like given him a cleat after a game, you know, when you just walk off the field and shake hands and stuff. I don't, he he had given him the cleat, and so he'd had it for twenty years. And he read my post, and he's like, "I think she'd probably like to have the cleat." So he sent it to me, and I have a cleat. So, and one day you'll find the right cleat, and it yeah. will be true. I've actually tried to. <laughs> I've tried to find John Mobley, like on social media or just online and see if I could contact him somehow. But I, does you guys know where he is? I thought I read like he was coaching somewhere maybe, but he's been a very quiet ex Bronco. We don't hear from him at all. I like him. He was great. Yeah. John Mobley, yeah. where are you? I want to talk to you. I have your shoes. I have your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> If you've been looking for it, I've got it. All right, so so here's the question I, I have to ask, only because I know people will wonder. Uh, have you tried the shoe on? Yes. 
gigantic. I would put it on too. I'd be like, okay, let me just let me just see. <laughs> let me see how it feels. Tim, what is yours? Sorry, sorry, I was blowing my Pause nose. your game. You were, yeah, you're playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> busted. No, no. You are so busted. It's a funny story, though, because I have the same, similar kind of thing where um, a former staffer here, here, Kirk, Captain Kirk, uh, he goes, he's, I don't know if he still goes, but he used to go to training camp every year. And Horn. One, yeah. Yes, Horn. <laughs> and one year, he sent, he just sent me out of the blue, um, uh, a hat that was signed by none other than Vaughn Miller. Nice. Wow. So that's definitely in a glass case, and it's probably my most prized possession. Being an out-of-state fan, I don't have a lot of memorabilia that's not just the crap you buy out of Fingerhut or whatever. <laughs> so. I, uh, I got one, too. From, I'm, I was just looking at it. I don't know who the third person is. It, Captain Kirk mailed me one. Not Von Miller. I got J.D. Walton and Zane Beal. <laughs> you were not as good of a staffer, Jess. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Jim got yeah. Von Miller and Jess got J.D. Walton. I don't even know who that is. Who was that? And well, and someone else. I, I, seven, he was a guard, right? Yeah, it was all. There were all three. I don't know. It looks, yeah. I don't know. Zane Beatles. Oh. And I don't know. 68. It looks like number 60. I don't know. I can't, I can't read the handwriting. It's all terrible. Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy, thank you for the autograph. You're, you're a match. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I have a, a ticket stub from the last game at Old Mile High. It's the 49ers. Um, and the thing that kills me and it's, I've made life changes since this, um, I went there with my dad and we were hosting, um, like place family Christmas. My last name is place. So it's like place family Christmas. Um, and, um, and for whatever reason, like people had to go to the airport or something or whatever. And so we had to leave at halftime. And, and so like the whole, like, like, feeling of like goodbye to mile high and all that like i i left mile high looking back at it like as like a rock it was still rocking because it was like halftime but i didn't get to see like the fireworks when this when the stadium closed and and like everybody's like crying and, and you, you didn't know, get to rip out a chair and take it with you i know i didn't get to rip out a chair or anything like that and so <laughs> since that day i have never left a football game a broncos game even like the worst blowouts of terrible football games until they the clock is double zero. Like I will never leave another football game until the game is over because I so regret having left at halftime. So yeah. on my wall, I was there for the first half and damn it, grandma, you should have taken a cab <laughs> airport or whatever. Like it's, it was history and I, and I willingly gave it up. I couldn't believe it. So there you have it. But that's my most valued item, you know, because that's, you know, it's one of a kind. It's, it, it was a great game. And the Broncos won, and they shut down the stadium in classic style. And, you know, and I got to see all that in the newspaper and on TV. And the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not better at all. I'm not. I'm like, God, Dad, we could. It's just two hours. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. That's my grandma's fault, I guess. I don't know. So this was something something Broncos Tim Lynch, Apex. What is it? Apex Twin. What is it? Lord Lord Legend. Apex Legend. Uh, you can reach him on PlayStation Network. <laughs> no no no. PC buddy. PC. Come on. Oh okay. You can reach him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and he can tell you directly how you how you can team up and play uh which games um which games? Tim Lynch, 1978 <laughs> uh LLV uh and I am at Jezru uh we are all writers and contributors for uh milehighreport.com it is an awesome place to be and if you don't uh read our stuff um 
you should check it out because it's it's a lot of fun. Lord, though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. You okay? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm finding my center. You're, you're, you're messing up my mojo. Like, come on. Gosh, okay. No, we don't do Valentine's. We're married. We've been married far too long for that crap. <laughs> what? But Valentine's but, like, Day is just, bullshit. Just draw a heart on a piece of paper and say I love you. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Well, I, I will. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna go get a card and maybe some flowers or something. I don't know. Tomorrow we'll see what the day holds. <laughs> the Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something. Something. Lord Lattimore Volkman, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. <laughs>